Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Got to like starting a weekend, a football weekend, with some uh, fun and excitement here on a jam-packed Patrick Johnson radio program. It's great to have you with us. Nice of you to be along. Uh, Of course, we got Ben Byram and uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington. They're doing all the stuff behind the scenes. Those guys are going to finish up the program for you uh, as I'm headed over to do the uh, volleyball tonight for ESPN Plus ECU and Temple at 6 o'clock. But uh, we'll carry you to a point and then uh, hand the ball off to those guys and let them uh, give them the ball and let them close it out to use a little baseball parlance. Uh, here, lots of baseball playoff action going today. We'll have an update on uh, the latest scores on that for you coming up uh, near the uh, bottom of the hour. Uh, we've got uh, Kevin Monroe on the phone. We're going to catch him here in a moment. And we've got Will Bland. He is the head coach of the Rose Rampits. It is Rose and Conley tonight. Crosstown throwdown. You'll hear it here at Croft Massey and RV. And uh, everybody who's associated with that broadcast coming up around 7 o'clock tonight here on your home for Rose Rampant Football, 94-3 the game. Of course, we've got ECU and UCF tomorrow. Double-digit favorite at last check are the Knights over the Pirates in sunny Orlando. Coverage here begins at 3 o'clock with our Pirate Game Day countdown fueled by Bush Light. And uh, join Terrence Copper and myself for that uh, show tomorrow at 3 o'clock right here. Uh, of course, uh, you'll hear the game, 94.3 the game, also on 107.9 WNCT, the flagship stations of the ECU Pirates. Kevin Monroe on the line. He'll be on the uh, broadcast as the analyst that you'll uh, hear, ECU and UCF. Kevin, are you going to be able to take part in the 50th birthday of Disney World this week or uh, no go? <laughs> No, we were, uh, the family was, was lucky enough to go. This is, this is pretty, pretty interesting. We were, we were at Disney the 7th to the 12th of, uh, March in 2020. Okay. And, uh, literally when we, when we touched back, the buzz was crazy about coronavirus. And I went to work on the 13th, which was a Friday. And my company said, everyone go home and stay home. We're working remote. So it, it literally, the world fell apart right when we got back from Disney. Uh, so we, we were one of the last few people to enjoy it before we got shut down. So uh, no, we won't be doing that this time. Though. Okay. I was going to say, if the, if things went that badly after your first trip, don't go again. Just stay, <laughs> just stay go somewhere else, Legoland or something. Uh, just, just don't <laughs> right. go to Disney. Uh, it's great to have Kevin with us here. Uh, Kevin, before we get into some specifics, how do you see the matchup overall? You know, yeah, coming into this season, uh, I think if you look at the, the Central Florida ECU game, I think this is one you say, okay, the Pirates go into Orlando. They probably take one on the chin here, lose by two or three touchdowns, uh, but you try to regroup and, and see what you can do against Houston. But now things have changed. You know, I think this is an East Carolina team that's playing with a lot of confidence. You get three straight wins, and, you know, the Tulane win was was very convincing. Uh, it makes people think that, hey, this is an East Carolina team that now is figuring out how to win. Uh, they they not only can win the close one, but they can they can beat a team that maybe they they were even with and and blow them out. So now with Central Florida's quarterback going down, they don't think he's going to play. I guess there's always a chance he could play. They don't think he's going to play in, in Dylan Gabriel. So now that evens the playing field a little bit. Uh, I'm I'm not saying the Pirates are now evenly matched with them, but at least it changes things. It changes the perspective. It gives you more hope. Uh, so I think it's I think it'll be a good ball game. 
I don't know who comes down on top, but I think the Pirates have a much better chance they had starting the season. Kevin, we've seen the tight end position get utilized more. Uh, Shane Calhoun had a big uh, game against uh, Marshall. Ryan Jones with a big breakout performance against Tulane last week. We've also seen Tyler Sneed start to get back into into things uh, here after a slow couple of weeks. And then uh, Audio Matosho has started to really show up. The two backs have shown the ability to catch the ball as well out of the backfield. So uh, from a standpoint of eligible receivers, uh, the Pirates seem to be doing a pretty good job of uh, getting the football to a bunch of different guys. Listen, the best thing you can do for a quarterback who can, see, who can be a little bit inconsistent at times is give them someone open right over the middle, which will be the tight end position because you don't have to read left and right. You look straight ahead, you find an open guy, you put the ball on him, and then give him a running game. And so uh, what Keaton Mitchell has done has just been nothing short of, of miraculous. I mean, it, he, he would be broaching the, the record books of single-game type type things if, if there weren't a guy like Scott, Scott Harley out there somewhere. <laughs> so just the, 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 the ability to hit the hole and just be gone. I mean, he, he is – he is Chris Johnson fast. The stopwatch might not say that they ran the 40 against each other, but he looks that fast when he's on the field. His game speed is unbelievable. Uh, so, so having that tight end position get going, having the run game get going, it really helps your quarterback. And then once you can run the football, it makes the defense tighten up against the run and it opens up the pass. We always talk about the run opening up the pass, pass open up the run. Everybody knows that. But until it happens, you don't get to actually get a chance to see it. So, Love to see those guys playing well. We know what Tyler Sneed can do. I wish they'd give him the ball a little bit more, but glad to see guys like Omatosho and Josiah Hatfield and, and Calhoun and Jones stepping up. Kevin Monroe joining us here. He'll be on the call. UCF uh, playing host to ECU. Uh, game at 6 o'clock. Uh, Kevin, as far as uh, C.J. Johnson goes, he is not uh, – I mean, really, it's been a couple seasons now. He just hasn't seemed to, to, to build on what was really a great first year for him. I know he gets a lot of attention. He's in better uh, shape this year, but it just doesn't seem like uh, – I mean, he's had some moments, but it just doesn't seem like he's been able to put together, in a lot of ways like this team, a full four quarters in a game. Yeah, that one's interesting. You know, We, we know he's a talented player, um, but you're right. It, it hasn't come together, and, and it's not about timing. Him and Holton have been together forever. Um, it's just – you know, it's an attitude thing, I think, with him. And not, not saying it's a bad attitude. I'm just saying attitude on the field of I got to get open. I got to make this play. I got to let the quarterback know I'm, I'm the guy. I just haven't seen that. Um, I think he's happy to, to push and shove with DBs and hope that Holton throws him jump balls. And uh, when you have a quarterback that, that wants to, to make good decisions, that wants to throw at a high percentage, he's not just going to throw in the traffic a bunch. And yeah. so I, I, don't, I don't look out there and see CJ – wide open very often and I think they he used to be more of a deep ball all the time kind of guy and I think lately to get him open he's run more slant routes he's run more out routes he's run hitches and so you, the, the, the big touchdown he had a week ago was just a simple you know hitch route that he spun off and, and took the distance so um, I think he can make plays like that if he gets the ball in space the problem is he hadn't been in space very often. Kevin uh, you, you mentioned Holton and, and some struggles at times to be consistent. Seems like he's, uh, at least based on last game, figured some things out. And he has looked a little better at times uh, than he did the first couple games of the year. As you look at uh, the Ehlers evolution, even though it's year four, where do you see him heading into the game? 
I'm 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 excited with the progress he's made. Uh, you know, those first couple games were were, were rough. Let's, let's just call it what it what it is. Um, he didn't seem comfortable. Um, the office didn't seem to be flowing uh, behind him, and you started to wonder, well, what else is out there? What what else? Who else can we put in there that maybe the offense will look a little bit better? And I think they've done some different things to to make it easier on him. I think he's. He, he was also more hesitant to run earlier in the year, and I'm not really sure why. I, I, I don't know if they told him, you know, hey, we need you back there. You can't get hurt. But he, he's a big, strong kid. And, I, you know, if he has to run, he should run because it just it helps the flow of the game. You know, it, it helps you pick up a first down when there's nothing open. And so now he's starting to pull the ball down, take off and run, throw it away some, but he makes the safe throw. And so that's all you need from your quarterback is to make the right decision get your team in the right situation, and if you can take off and run, then do it. I mean, you know, he, he's no Lamar Jackson, but if he can make a, th- a first down with his feet, that helps the offense. And so I think he's progressing. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say he's out of the woods, but, I, but I'm excited about what I've seen the last couple of games. Pirates defensively were really physical last week. Uh, how would you assess the way that that group's played since the first game? Well, it's been, it's been uh, an opportunistic defense. And uh, I'll take that any day. I'll take a defense that will go out and make a turnover, get a, get an interception, cause a fumble when you need it. I mean, it's happened at least twice this year that they've knocked the football out at the one-yard line of a, of, a, of a running back or a receiver going into the end zone for a touchback. I mean, that's, that doesn't happen. I mean, that, that's yeah. incredible. They've been so opportunistic. And so they've given up some yards. I mean, they, you know, they've given up 500 and 600 yards a couple different times. Um, but they're, they're starting to buckle down and they're starting to play physical. I mean, last game against Tulane, Tulane, those receivers, they were, they had enough. I mean, they were getting hit and they were getting hit hard. They, <laughs> yeah. were, they were laying on the field and, 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 and it was the first time I, I would honestly say it was the first time since probably the Skip Holtz era and those, you know, those 08, 09 type defenses that won conference championships where they were just out there hitting people in the mouth all the time. It was the first time I felt like, the Pirates were much more physical than the team they were playing, and so I, I'm 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 excited about that. If they can build on that, I mean that's I mean we're talking about you know Jaquan McMillan and Malik Fleming out there knocking people out. I mean those yeah. are those are corners that aren't very big guys. So it's it's a mentality. It's not just you know we're bigger, stronger, faster. It's just a mentality that hey, it doesn't matter how big I am, I'm gonna go hit you in the mouth, and that's what they've been doing. McMillan, you mentioned him. Uh, Jaquan leads uh, college football with with interceptions. Uh, there was the article this week from uh, the uh, Hoist the Colors site about that he's graded out uh, at the highest level uh, of, of anyone. Uh, so he's obviously had a fantastic year. You're right, and you noted that he has uh, really made uh, some plays where he's coming up and just popping guys, which is uh, you know another aspect that if you can get out of that position, that much better. But when you look at uh, his overall season and his development in his three years, uh, where would you kind of uh, assess and rate where Jaquan is right now? I, I think he's on another level. I, I think he's playing out of his mind, and I don't know if he knew he was capable of playing as well. And I, and I, and I say that because he was thrown into the fire as a freshman. And, and it's, it, listen, as a freshman, I was not ready to start and play every game at corner. And, and the fact that he was able to do it, now he wasn't always perfect. He, he got beat some when he was younger and, um, I think that taught him a lot of lessons. But when you can learn on the field and when you when you know that you're not looking over your shoulder, hey, there's nobody behind me that's coming in, I'm the guy, then you know you have to go out there and get it done. And what I like about Daquan is that is there's there's two different types of corners, right? There's a corner that can play in safe mode, which is like, hey, you're not getting by me. I'm playing deep. You're not going up the top of my head. You'll catch some in front of me. 
Um, but you're not you're not getting on my head. And there's a safety and there's a corner that says I'm jumping everything. I'm squatting on routes. I'm gonna make picks. I'm gonna make big plays. When you can do both, that's when you're an unbelievable corner. And that's what he's doing right now. He's not letting people get by him, but he's also getting to routes that he shouldn't get to and picking them off. He's just in a zone, and it's one of those feelings of the corner where you get that confidence and you start to you start to think I can guard anybody. I can make any play, and that's how he's playing right now. And it's, it's been it's been pretty impressive. Kevin Monroe with us uh, here. We're going to get his keys to a pirate win in just a bit, but the big crosstown throwdown tonight. We'll have it here on 94.3 The Game. It is uh, Rose and Conley. And don't look now, but Kevin's alma mater, the uh, Rose High Rampants, are uh, all of a sudden on a uh, big swing, four in a row. And it's Conley tonight. Now, I don't think that if it had been – you guys didn't play Conley when you were around, or if you were, it was just the beginnings of that. Oh yeah, we definitely played him. We played okay. him. We played him every year. That was, you know, Jamie Wilson was the running back there, like that. That was okay. That, that was the heat of the moment. We 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 uh, <laughs> they, now they were they were three A and we were four A, but right. it was still cross town rivals. Okay. Big time. So what is the big memory out of Rose Conley in your mind? Just winning. <laughs> just, just winning. We 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 you know we we took it personal. That, that, that was a different era. There was no South Central, right? So South Central took a lot of talent away from Rose. Let's just call it what it is. Back then, Rose was the dominant school in Greenville. Uh, Conley was kind of the school in, 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 in the outskirts in, in Winterville, uh, the, the country school. The age country. I mean, that's yeah, yeah that's what they, that's what so, the Rose students would call them jokingly. Yeah. So, so we, you know, we were we were better at everything, and we and we took pride in beating them at everything. And so, I never lost to Conley in anything back then. And that's even even the Rico Hines basketball era. Mm. We were still we were still getting victories over them. So I for, for me it's just winning. Nothing nothing really stands out uh, in terms of um, any plays or any particular year. But we we always got the better of them, and that that's what that's what life was like back then. It's not always like that anymore. All right. So Central Florida ECU coming up Saturday. Uh, one one quick thing before we get your keys to the game. You know it was announced a few weeks back. Uh, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida heading. To the Big Twelve, I think the Bearcats ran out on the fl- on the field with the Big Twelve flag, or they have been, uh, whew, which is uh, just kind of makes you cringe not, a little. Not cool. Yeah, no, what that is. Not cool. You, you know, you've seen this UCF program uh, in the time you've been a player and broadcaster, kind of go from, you know, rise from the feet, rise rise like a phoenix from the ashes. I mean, is it just? It's kind of hard for me sometimes to wrap my mind around it. Yeah, I agree, and and I, I take it back all the way back to the early '90s when uh, late '80s, early '90s. If you remember, Virginia Tech and East Carolina were the same in terms of football. Like they they this is you know kind of they're pre Big East for for Virginia Tech, and East Carolina is pre Conference USA, and we beat them, they beat us, but they were very similar. Nobody thought Virginia Tech was a powerhouse, and then all of a sudden. They get this one recruit, Michael Vick, and everything changed. They started to get all the best players out of out of the state of Virginia, and they started to to get, they got in the Big East and they started to win. And by 1999, they played in a in a, in a, a national championship game. Yeah, and so um, I, I see teams ascend like that, and I always think, why not us? And it's starting to happen over and over and over again, where you know you get a team like uh, um, uh, an App State that just just ascends like crazy 
or a Marshall, uh, you know, with Randy Moss and then the, you know, Chad Pennington and all those, uh, Byron Leftwich, and all of a sudden they start playing out of their mind. And the Pirates just haven't done that. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And I think they are primed to to be very, very good. It takes the right coach. It takes the right staff. It takes one or two players to get that notoriety and then for recruits to say, hey, I'm going to East Carolina. And so I think it's coming. You know, I, I think that they will get there. But, yeah, it, it's tough to see teams like Cincinnati and Memphis and UCF just kind of go past you when you were at their level or better, yeah. you know, not too long ago. What are the keys for a Pirate victory against the Knights? Well, I, I think it's important if, if this young kid, Maxie, is going to be the quarterback, then we've got to put pressure on him. And I, I love what Coach Harrell's done um, lately and, and how he's been getting after quarterbacks. But I think you, you put the pressure on him up front. You send, the, you send the linebacker. You get that kid thinking. The one thing that, that UCF loves to do is move at breakneck speed. Nobody goes quicker than they do in between plays. And so when you have a freshman quarterback, he has to have a full grasp of that, of that offense to be able to move that fast or he's going to make some bad decisions, make some bad checks and, and do some bad things. So get pressure in his face. That changes everything. Offensively, the Pirates have been brutal, just awful on third down conversions. And, you know, even, even with a three and two record, they just can't seem to figure it out on third down. They're pretty good on first and second down and they're great on fourth down, but third down haven't been good. They got to find a way to, to get their third down to go in, get some conversions, start moving those chains. You move the chains, you keep a high powered UCF offense off the field. And then lastly, on the road, tough environment, in the bounce house, night night game, you can't turn the football over. The team that turns the football over, the team is going to lose. So take the ball away from them. Don't give it up on your end, and you'll be okay. Kevin, thanks a lot for your time. No problem, Patrick. Go, go Rapids. Good to catch up with Kevin Monroe. More from Kevin tomorrow when we uh, are on the uh, pregame show, so looking forward to that. Uh, right now, a uh, timeout. Will Bland still to come, the Rose Rampant uh, head football coach. We'll get his perspective on the matchup tonight. This is your Get You to the Weekend Football Friday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Online or on the go, log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com, to listen to The Patrick Johnson Show weekdays at 5. It might be crap, but we love it! Or tell your smart speaker to stream 943 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Greenville Awning and Canopy wants you to be able to go outside without all the aggravation from outdoor pests. In addition to their custom awnings for your home or business, Greenville Awning and Canopy now offers screening services for your porch or deck. Call today to schedule your free estimate with Greenville Awning and Canopy, 252-752-1261. That's 252-752-1261. Whether you're looking for a new awning or screened-in deck, Greenville Awning and Canopy has got you covered. Dear past, present, and future football watchers. Football is back! Just how you remembered it. Tailgates with an ice-cold Pepsi in hand? Totally back. That between-play sprint to the fridge for more Pepsi? It's back, baby! (laughs) I really miss this. Anyways, consider this your official excuse for always putting football watching first, courtesy of Pepsi. That haircut appointment? Your mom told us you look great, so you should probably reschedule. Seeing the in-laws for the first time in ages. It's been so long. Nope, sorry, Susan, not if it's on Sunday. Long story short, after the year we've all had, we think you could use a little football watching. So crack open a Pepsi and cheer your football watching face off. With love, Pepsi. Made for football watching. (sighs) That's what I like. 
Hi, this is Billy Parker at Parker's Barbecue. Did you know that we have party rooms at our Memorial Drive location? We can accommodate parties from 10 to 110 or anything in between. We can serve family-style buffet or order off the menu. Parker's Barbecue, come celebrate with us. I'm in the studio with my friend Sproul Alexander, who is the Senior Vice President for Town Insurance. And Sproul, people keep coming to Town Insurance. Tell us why. Henry, it's really simple. It's because of our insurance knowledge, our product choices, our ability to service our clients, and our community involvement. That's true. We see town insurance everywhere. But now let's talk about the choices. What kind of choices are there? What kind of insurance do you handle for people? Our choices are endless. No matter what kind of insurance that you may need, we can handle it for you. And we're talking about business. We're talking about health insurance. We're talking about home and auto, the whole gamut. Yes, sir. All right. So, folks, come to town. That's town insurance. And uh, tell us the telephone number they can reach you. 252-756-8300. And the website? Towninsurance.com. Town with an E. Got to put that E on the town. Folks, now is the time to come to town. Town insurance. Fire threatens everything in its path. When it threatens our nation and our communities, we respond. We bring the fight to the front line. The Army National Guard stands ready to face the dangers of Mother Nature and protect our homes and our neighbors. We will always be there when your community needs us the most. Discover more about all the ways you can serve part-time in your community by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the North Carolina Army National Guard. Aired by the North Carolina Association of Broadcasters and this station. Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right, time for uh, a mailbag segment here. Uh, This from the Mad Hatter of Moorhead City with uh, the revelation that the Mountain West is not going to be disbanding and now that the conference has to get more teams from other parts of the country, do you care to revise your list from a couple weeks ago? That via... DM on Twitter. You know what? Yes. But, you know, a couple are still out there. Yeah, I know my Army pick wasn't. Yeah, all right. Certainly Colorado State and Air Force, but they were interested. At least Air Force was, so that counts for something. So UAB still out there. Uh, Liberty is still out there. Give me Liberty. Charlotte. Much as I don't think that's good for ECU. And I'm going to say Texas, San Antonio. But Dennis Dodd told us this week that it could go to maybe as much as six or eight teams at it. They could become a mega conference. So we'll see. Who knows what's going on out there? A lot of things in the water. And again, look, next week, if somebody doesn't ask Mike Oresco about this, even if he says I can't answer, that's just you got to ask him next week for AAC basketball media days. You got to. That's a gots to situation. Uh, let me see uh, another question uh, here. Uh, this is from um, 
Jonathan, he wants to know about, basically he's just making a statement how uh, Tampa Bay is the worst market. He cannot believe the report, I guess, that's come out that they still want to play half their games in Montreal. No, I think it's absurd. Just either move the team to Montreal or move them somewhere else. Don't do this split thing. I, I just, uh, to me, that seems ridiculous. I, I don't see how that can that can work. I mean, it's one thing if, like, you're playing, you know, like, if it's a deal where you're, I'm just, like, the old ABA where you had, you know, Charlotte and Greensboro and Raleigh or Virginia had Roanoke and Norfolk and Richmond and it's, that's that's a totally different thing. The Hampton Coliseum, totally different thing. But, I mean, how can you have the team split fans internationally? That just makes no sense. Either relocate relocate the team to Montreal, where they probably should be, uh, or move them to Orlando. Or, hell, move them to Durham. Move them somewhere. Let's see, what else uh, here? This is the uh, requisite uh, question that always gets uh, asked. Uh, do you believe that the Pirates have a chance to win tomorrow? Uh, this is from, uh, I don't know the name. Uh, yeah, I, look, yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, UCF's going to be fired up and ready to go. That's a tough place to play. I mean, they're going to have fans there. They've, they've grown a fan base there, actually. Uh, it's a... The Erector Set Stadium is a tough place to play in. It gets loud. It can get rowdy. It's a, it's a night game. They're going to be coming off a couple of losses. They felt like they should have won. So, yeah, I get it. I, I think that tomorrow is going to be tough. But I do think the Pirates, if they play as well as they did, there's two times the ECU offense uh, the last couple seasons, to me, played really, really, really well. I uh, remember last year at USF, probably the most balanced that the offense was all last season. Uh, the SMU game, of course, explosive there. And then last week was kind of that combination of balance and explosiveness. So, yeah, I, I think the Pirates, if they can run the ball, certainly are good enough uh, to go into UCF and spring an upset tomorrow, even though they're a double-digit dog. I wouldn't – you know, I, I think the Pirates are good. Now, will they? Who knows? It's tough to win on the road. But, look, if you're sitting at 3-3, three and three, going into an, an open week, things could be a lot worse after the 0-2 start. Trust me. Things could be a heck of a lot worse. Uh, but we'll see. Hopefully you're 4-2 and two going into that week if you're uh, ECU. Uh, coverage tomorrow at 3 o'clock with our Bush Light Pirate Game Day Countdown. All right. Uh, we got to talk to Rose head football coach Will Bland coming up here in just a minute. But right now, a 94-3 the game. Sports Flash update. <laughs> Major League Baseball, we finally got some postseason baseball underway, but before we get into the live playoff action, the league announced their Hank Aaron Award finalist for the best offensive player in baseball. The list includes Shohei Otani, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, and Fernando Tatis Jr. ALDS currently underway. Astros take on the White Sox. The Strohs lead the series one game to nothing in the bottom of the seventh. Houston leads 7-4 over Chicago. In the bottom of the second, in the NLDS, Braves take on the Brewers. 
watched that game is scoreless heading into the third. From college football, UConn is now their third head coach this season after the firing of Randy Edsel. Lou Spanos filled in as the interim but will be out of this weekend's game due to COVID. Defensive line coach Dennis Dotton Carter will now serve as the interim in their game against UMass. From the NFL, Carolina Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey is listed as doubtful as a Sunday's game against the Eagles. From the NHL, the Florida Panthers lock up their franchise center and Alexander Barkov with an eight-year, $80 million contract. And from the NBA, it's Friday. Why not? I'll throw this in there. Former NBA guard J.R. Smith is playing in his first college golf tournament with North Carolina A&T. So do whatever you want with that information. I don't know. Figure it out. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Byram. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of the ECU Pirates. We are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. 94.3 The Game. And 94.3thegame.com. The Jolly Roger has set sail. Breaks a tackle. He's in the 10 to the 5. He's in. Touchdown, Pirates. Pirates football. At the 18-yard line. And the Pirates are blocked. Is back. Picked up by the Pirates. Tune in for all the hard-hitting action all season long on your home for East Carolina football. The flagship for the ECU Pirates, 94-3 The Game. Is your pharmacy fumbling when it comes to customer service, prescription fills, compounding, medical equipment, and enteral intravenous therapy? Perhaps it's time for you to allow HealthWise Pharmacy to score a touchdown in regards to your pharmaceutical needs. Locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, HealthWise Pharmacy puts you and your health first, offering top-of-the-line customer service, individual attention, and free prescription delivery to anywhere in Pitt County. HealthWise Pharmacy, 615B Memorial Drive in Greenville. Chico's Mexican Restaurant is where the fiesta never ends. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's every Wednesday for shrimp tacos for only $9.99. Plus, Wednesdays means all Mexican imports for only $2.50. Thursdays, enjoy your favorite beef, chicken, or vegetable fajitas for only $9.99. For Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's in downtown Greenville and now available through DoorDash, featuring a half gallon of the famous margarita mix to go for only $9.99. Chico's, where the fiesta never ends. At U.S. Cellular, we can help everyone stay connected for less. And less also means more, as in more choice. Right now, you choose any phone and we make it free. Plus, get unlimited data for $30 a month with four lines. U.S. Cellular, America's locally grown wireless. Terms apply to uscellular.com for details. Now that life is returning to normal, we've found a lot of good things that came from the pandemic. One of them is not having to go to the wireless store anymore. The Cellular Warehouse team has been in the business of delivering phones to your home and office for 20 years. People found out about our free delivery service and they love the ease of getting a new phone, tablet, or hotspot. Call Toby Williams today at 252-799-7051 so you can start experiencing the joy of never going to a wireless store again. 252-799-7051. Cellular Warehouse, your local U.S. Cellular authorized agent. The fighting spirit of the Marine Corps is born of battles won. Battles won within. Over enemies of fear. Enemies of doubt. It's who we are. It's what we do. It's a promise made to you 
for more than two centuries. A promise of the Marines. Just follow me here. We're doing it for the ground. Check out pics from the PJ Show and more. Plus, pics from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. Tonight, you'll hear it here in Crystal Clear, covering the entire city and beyond on radio. It's the Crosstown Throwdown. Rose and Conley. Rampants have uh, really been on a hot streak here lately. And we've got uh, Coach Will Bland, coach of J.H. Rose, back joining us on the show. Coach, uh, congratulations on this hot run. After you guys got a uh, slow non-conference start going, you picked it up. Uh, with uh, your final non-conference game, and uh, you guys have played pretty good football ever since. Yeah, I, I think it, um, the more of the kids um, taking the coaching and believing the system and just going out and doing their part uh, contribute to this um, winch we got. And, you know, we're not finished yet. Um, we still got three more games in conference, hopefully, and then we can get a good season in the playoffs. Coach, uh, I I'm, I'm want to ask you about a kid, obviously – you got Michael Allen. Uh, he's uh, bound for the ACC. He's done some spectacular things. But uh, you guys, I would think your signature win in the Big East 3A, 4A came uh, about a week and a half ago on that Tuesday where you all beat Jacksonville at home in a game that was made up. Uh, Jacksonville had some COVID issues. They'd come in scoring a ton of points, and they really had a hard time uh, as a team against you guys. But uh, Clavon Brown. Boy, what a day he had, uh, oh, or a night he had. Yes. Three touchdowns. Oh, yeah, he had right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. three touchdowns, 170 yards. And on the season, Clavon has uh, rushed for 363 yards and six scores. So a lot of his work came in against Jacksonville. Let me ask you about this young man, uh, Coach. Uh, tell me a little bit about Clavon Brown. Well, Clavon is our he he's actually our starting um, linebacker. Um, makes a ton of tackles for us. He's um, ten plus almost every game. And we, we knew he can run the ball a little bit. Uh, he's more of a downhill runner than Mike is, so he's more of a physical guy. I uh, want to put his nose in there, um, try to hit somebody. Sometimes we get on him about, hey, you can juke that guy. You ain't got to run him over. You ain't got to get tackled right there. But he's more about punishing the guy. So I think he compliments Mike well as Mike is more of a uh, lightning kind of kid who we're going to get to the outside, I'll run you. And then every once in a while, if he needs to put his shoulder down, he'll run. Clay Rock's more of a, hey, I'm going to hit you every time. <laughs> uh, how's Michael Allen coming along, Coach? I, there were some concerns maybe that, um, you know, he just got off to a little bit of a slow start. Has he gotten a little more engaged here? Yes, he has. And there's nothing that Michael's not doing. Michael is probably doing what he's supposed to do. He, he takes a lot of the defense. So, you know, when they see Michael Allen out there, it's two or three people going to him at one time. So he's getting a, a lot of attention, which is opening up a lot of things for our wide receivers and, and especially for Clavon. So um, he's a team player. He knows what it takes to win. If he has to be a decoy, then he's going to do that as long as we can get a W and keep moving forward in this season. He is the second year uh, or second season coach of the uh, Rose Rampants, Will Bland, uh, and he's an ECU football alum, played at Havelock, of course. Uh, Rampants and Conley tonight, the Crosstown Throwdown. There's a trophy. There's a championship belt. Where's the belt right now, Coach? 
Well, you know, so the winner takes the belt and is housed at the school. And actually, it's probably it's on display in one of the math classes, the trophy in the belt, so people can see it and stuff. And then we'll bring it over there um, to, um, tonight um, to the game. We'll have it sitting on the sideline. And then, you know, whoever victorious of the game, then the belt either stay here or it'll go back to Conley. Rose and uh, Conley coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Hear it here on 94.3 The Game, Croft RV. The entire cast will have it for you. Um, I don't know if you're a fan of uh, pro wrestling, but, uh, you know, when I was a kid, the, the guys would wear the belt around their waists, you know, the champion would. Now it's fashionable in pro wrestling to put the belt, like, over your shoulder. So I, this is just my suggestion for tonight. Have Marvin come in with the belt. All uh, right. But, like, put it across his shoulder because I think that's kind of a cool look, you know, right. like, like he's <laughs> the rock or something. I think that'd be great, right? Right, I think you know what my was. Let's give him two beers and let him splash uh, together <laughs> like Stone Cold. <laughs> uh, what's Marvin's feeling on the game tonight, Will? Uh, I think he, he's excited. Uh, you know, he's always up for up for a game. Uh, I think this whole weekend practice, he ain't missed the practices. He's there. Uh, you know, he, he's got his scouting report on Conley. That's what we we do. So we just gotta go in there and we gotta play the Marvin way. And that's go out there and do how we've um, been doing for the last four weeks. I've asked you a little bit about, um, you know, it's a couple offensive players, but, you know, overall, where where did things kind of turn for your team? Uh, is there one area uh, that your team's just performing better in? I mean, uh, where, where do you think that your guys have really, you know, turned things around? I think I would say that it's probably two areas. It's probably the the play of our offensive line. Our offensive line is young, but they have grown up. You you can tell how young they were in the first three games. Um, and then the turnover aspect of it. We well, the loss to Hunt. We was um, five turnovers. We lost to a very good Cleveland team, which we didn't turn the ball over that much, but we got down on them twenty eight to nothing right out the gate. And then we lost to Northeastern with five turnovers. So. Being able that we are able to control the ball, uh, we've been pretty good at that. Um, not having turnovers and then just uh, offensive lines just getting better every week. Uh, Coach Will Bland joining us uh, here, Rose and Conley tonight. Rampants are uh, four and three overall, but uh, perhaps the most impressive thing about this uh, run for Rose is that they're three and zero currently uh, in the conference. And uh, it's an interesting time in the uh, the old uh, Big East, uh, now Big East 3A, 4A. I was going to say the old Big East, but in a lot of old Big East uh, schools. Rampant sitting atop the league standings. New Bern, uh, you have then Havelock and Jacksonville and Conley all at 1-1. One and one. South Central's 1-2, Northside 0-3. Oh this is a pretty tough uh, neighborhood uh, as far as uh, football goes. It's one of the better uh, conferences in the state. And I think we'll be for each of the uh, four years uh, that uh, this grouping is together right now. You know, it doesn't get any easier for your team. Uh, the trip over to Conley tonight, you do get Newburn at home, and then you finish the year with the highly anticipated matchup against Havelock. Yeah, and, you know, you can't look past any of these teams, especially Conley tonight. But, you know, Newburn is Newburn. They one of the top teams in the state. You know, they lost to Jacksonville. We were fortunate to, um, to get a win over Jacksonville. But they're going to come in there. They're going to be prepared. They're going to be able to run the ball. They're very good at what they do. And Havelock is, you know, Havelock is the top dog. They've been top dogs for a while, um, almost a decade now. So, you know, that's going to have a, a more anticipated rivalry. So, uh, Coach, no. you mentioned your offensive lines played better. How has your junior quarterback, Will Taylor, started to play for you? Uh, he has been hands 
night and day. Uh, his first three games, I think each of them game, he threw a pick six. Um, he's uh, a little bit rattled, but, you know, that's anybody that's first year on the varsity level. So now we we actually made it a little bit simple for him on offense. Now um, how his progression is, and now he's been like so. I think he has over the last four weeks gone for 15 touchdowns and most importantly, no picks. Yeah, that, you, I was going to bring that those numbers up, but you took the words out of my mouth there. And you know, it's interesting. He's not throwing it as much as he did the first three games on average. But he's been over 200 yards each of the last uh, four games during this winning streak. So I, right. I, I think that speaks to what you're talking about, and that is you guys have kind of simplified things for him, and, and he seems like he's just making the throws. Yes, I agree. And then making the throws to the, our playmakers and letting our guys on the outside, as, um, Jaden Grimes and Katie Geddes, and especially Mike Allen when they get the hands with the ball to do something in the open space. And most of the time when they get in the open space, good things tend to happen. Conley uh, has had kind of an interesting year. They got off to a one and uh, or an zero and two start. They beat Northern Nash, lost a close one to Jordan, and and uh, a guy you know very well uh, as their head coach. Uh, they uh, got hammered by Havelock last week, but they still kind of have some things ahead of them. Uh, you know, as far as uh, their own fate uh, for winning the three A portion. Uh, of the uh, of the league, are they four A? They're in the four A portion. So yes. yeah, so yep. uh, point being, they still control their fate as far as an overall conference championship. And, and look, they've got an important game against Newburn coming up, but they got to take care of business. Uh, you know, in their mind, starting with you guys tonight. So I, I just, right. yeah, I, I, I just let me ask you a little bit about this team. You and you guys have scouted them. What what are the things that uh, they do that stand out to you? Well, you know, Bryce is a, a fantastic quarterback. He's he's able to make the throws. He's um he's a leader out there for him on the field, and you know he throws the ball a lot to the big um, tight end they have, eighty eight. Not sure what his name is, but he gets a lot of the attention out there. So you, we want to try to put pressure on him. If we can get pressure on him and get him rattled a little bit because he likes to lead the pocket out. He won't stay in the pocket if he could get a lot of pressure. So we can get some on him and make him have some air and throws and maybe get some turnovers, then I think we'll be in for a good night on that aspect of it. And then on defense, um, I anticipate uh, the defense is not the strongest as they, um, a couple of years ago, but they still are fast. They're aggressive. Um, they'll probably try to um, take away um, Jaden Grimes since he's been tearing up in the – this league for the last four games. So we're going to have to start using um, a little bit more different weapons. You know, we're going to make sure Mike is involved in offense and make sure Clayvon gets some touches and then make sure Will, um, when he is asked to throw the ball, make sure that he knows where to throw it. And then hopefully we get a victory tonight. Uh, yeah, Cooper Mark of the kid you were talking about, their, their receiver. Yeah, he's their leading receiver. And then Bryce Jackson, you mentioned their quarterbacks, had a, a really fabulous uh, year statistically. Uh, completing over 60% of his throws and averaging over 200 yards. So there could be a lot of points tonight. Uh, hey, uh, Coach Bland, let me ask you just uh, as we wrap up here about the rivalry itself. You've uh, been a part of it now for a number of years on the Rose staff and uh, your second time as the head coach. What do you what, what do you want folks to know about this sort of rivalry week, the uh, crosstown throwdown between the two? Well, it's a great rivalry. It's a great rivalry, and everybody thinks that the two schools don't like each other. I disagree. I think they respect each other. I think 
it's more of a bragging right for the kids to be able to say, hey, we um we won this year, so we get to keep the belt for a whole year, and then, and then belt up next year it's for you to take it. So I think the kids are excited. I think the community is excited. I think we'll have a big show in that, that game um, to watch. And I, I just hope everybody come out there and we can stay safe and enjoy it because it's it's one of the best in the States. Um, you know, Max Prep gave us a rivalry trophy a couple of years ago, and that's yeah. for a reason because it is one of the best ones in the States. So um, I'm very excited. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm a part of it. I'm glad that um, I'm able to coach these guys, and hopefully we get the, we got the belt back last year after the three year hiatus. <laughs> hopefully we get to get, hopefully we get to keep it now for a little while. And look, I, I'll tell you, uh, uh, over there, and I mean, I, I love all the games at Rose, and, and what a great stadium. But uh, when you go over there, it is a little unique environment, and it's a little oh, yeah. sm- a smaller place. Everybody's kind of on top of you. Uh, and uh, having done the Rose games, it was fun to go in there with Rose teams and beat Conley at Rose. I'm not, and I love my friends at Conley, but, uh, you know, I, I, as, as the guy used to call the Rampage games, uh, I, I always uh, enjoyed going over there and uh, Rose uh, emerging in a hostile environment with a victory. So, uh, oh, yeah, man, it, it, it's very fun. You know, you got your fans there. You got it's passionate. You know, you're going to have people standing around the sidelines everywhere. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. I think um, um, people will get their money worth. And then hopefully, again, we come out victorious and then move on to the next week. Rose coach Will Bland on the line with us. Coach Bland, best of luck against Conley tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you. Headed over to Williams Arena Menji's Coliseum. ESPN Plus duties for ECU and Temple Volleyball tonight for yours truly starts at the top of the hour. So got a hustle over there. Ben and Philip will carry you through the rest of the show here this evening. A pirate report and a little more. Just want to uh, make mention I'm going to be off all next week. Nothing uh, major going on. Just taking some time off. Uh, we'll have plenty of information for you with uh, daily pirate reports surrounding ECU football ECU men's and women's basketball, the American media days, uh, great guests, and even some best of segments if uh, needed. So uh, tune in Monday as uh, Ben and company will get you through. Jim Zoki uh, will be with us for his normal uh, visit as the uh, Panthers play the Eagles over the weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone, and uh, we will, of course, be back tomorrow for Pirate Game Day Countdown at 3 o'clock. Terrence Copper and myself for Bush Light. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of the show. The guys will carry you through to the end and have a great weekend. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on your flagship home of Pirate Football. 94.3 The Game. Fastest two hours in radio. Fastest two hours in radio. The award-winning Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. With Patrick Johnson and ECU legend Terrence Copper. Counting down to kick off with all the info you need to get ready for game day. The Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. Pirate Game Day Countdown. On 94.3 The Game and 943thegame.com. To say that college life has changed is an understatement. And now, Greenville has the top luxurious student living complex in the country. It's the Jolly Roger at the corner of Cotanch and 14th Street. From the rooftop pool to the first class fitness center, there's even a stadium viewing deck where you can watch your pirates. The Jolly Roger offers one to four bedroom pet friendly apartments with cutting edge detail finishes in each unit and private study spaces on each floor. Come see it at 1307 Cotanch Street or learn more at live at Jolly Roger. Are you ready, Pirate fans? Freeboot Friday is back. 
Uptown Greenville invites you to Freeboot Friday, the official pep rally of home ECU football games. Join fans for live music, food, beer and wine, children's activities, and more. Brought to you by Wells Fargo, the Freeboot Fund takes place from 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. each Friday before ECU home football games in the Five Points Plaza. Visit UptownGreenville.com for more information. And as always, go Pirates! Got an old car? You can donate it, whether it's running or not, to the United Breast Cancer Foundation and save a life. They'll even come and pick it up for free. The United Breast Cancer Foundation has saved hundreds of women's lives through their free or low-cost breast screen exams. But now they need your help. The United Breast Cancer Foundation wants to save more lives through early detection by offering women free or low-cost breast screening exams. And donating your old car, SUV, or truck, whether it's running or not, helps pay for them. Plus, you get a charitable tax deduction. Help the United Breast Cancer Foundation save lives by donating your old car, SUV, or truck. Call now for free pickup. 800-280-2144. 800-280-2144. 800-280-2144. Call right now. That number again is 800-280-2144. Pirate Baseball lives right here. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Oh, yeah. Who's ready for some ECU football this weekend? Are you ready? Are. I love it. I love it. Are you ready? Rim shot. Pirates going for two straight conference wins and four straight wins total. That'd be huge. Oh, that would be very huge. I mean, when's the last time we could say ECU football had a winning record? It's a good feeling. Oh, it's a wonderful feeling. Yeah. Pirates travel to UCF tomorrow. You can hear the coverage right here on 94.3 The Game. Network coverage starts at 5, game at 6, and the Bush Light pregame show at 3 with Terrence Copper and the P-Man. You almost forgot there. I caught that. You almost forgot there. But for now, we have your pirate hang on. We have your pirate report. <laughs> and now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Your Pirate Report today is brought to you by Pair Customs. Superior boats at affordable price, 21 and 24 foot center console. Get your next boat the way you want, Pair Customs. Also by Eastern Plumbing, setting the standard for quality service for over 15 years. Find out more at easternplumbingonline.com. Beautiful, Philip. Beautiful. So this week, uh, Coach talked about what it's like to go to UCF. It sounds like they will not get quite the warm welcome that they got at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Yeah, well, there's a lot more pressure, too, because you're worried about the stadium falling down. So, I mean, there's all there's pressure coming all from all kinds of different places here coming into this game. It sounds like it starts right as you come out of the tunnel. We'll hear that from Coach. You know, you're going into enemy territory. You're going into hostile environment. You know, I just remember, you know, their fans kind of hanging all over the around the entrance to the field where we come out and, you know, it's, you know, kind of messing with you and all that stuff. So, you know, just, you know, got, got to just kind of, you know, have each other's back. They do have to have each other's back because I know there will be some fi- pirate faithful down there, but uh, 
I do think it is going to be a very hostile environment. They have, you know, submitted themselves as a winning program, so I'm sure the fans are passionate and they will be in large numbers on Saturday. Yeah, and I think this game very well determines whether this is a bowl season or not. I mean, you got to beat teams like UCF to be able to go to a bowl game. I don't think you come away with a loss coming in this game and then somehow on the back end find a way to get to six wins and get to a bowl game. I just don't see it happening. I think it kills all momentum. I think if we play well and lose, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because I believe Navy, Temple, and South Florida are all very winnable games, and that would get you to six. So obviously you don't want to come out and lay an egg in this game, but I think those are the games that we got to focus on. It would be great to beat Houston as well, but I don't think this is the do-or-die one. Yeah, I, you know, the thing about this team, though, and it's so hard to kind of get a gauge on how the season is going to go is because they're very young. And based on what we've heard, and based on all indications we've seen from the press conferences, they let the outside noise get into their heads a lot, it seems like. I mean, we've heard it from Warren Sable. We've heard it from Coach himself. Just, like, makes it a point after every postgame when they're a win to, to silence all the doubters and tell all the doubters they can do away, get away, just not support the program. So that kind of becomes apparent to me that definitely the outside, outside noise coming from fans and the criticism definitely gets to them. And I think that definitely does affect them when it comes to the on-the-field play. And uh, I'm just not sure how they're going to handle a hostile environment like UCF. We'll see. But I think this is a big tale when it comes to how legit is this team, how legit is this program right now, how legit is this program moving forward. And, um, I mean, it's it's an important game. I do not – I just that's kind of my logic for me when it comes to this game determining whether it's going to be a bowl season or not. I think – I don't know. The, the outside pressure and the outside noise may get to them. So – Here's the only thing, and I, th- I think you're right. I'm not going to disagree with what you said, yeah. but if they do go out there, they do lay an egg, they do play terrible, and all the doubters start talking again, yeah. you hope they at least use that doubt to have a chip on their shoulder and we're going to prove them wrong. But yeah. I think what your point is, correct me if I'm wrong, is they're going to let that get to their heads and affect them negatively. I think so. I mean, I think based on what I've seen, and this may be controversial, I think this team is still somewhat mentally weak. I'm going to go ahead and say it right here and right now. I'd still – think this team is still very young they're still adapting to you know kind of having eyes on their program they weren't used to that beforehand and now like there's excitement around pirate football again people are starting to talk and I just not I'm not quite sure how they're going to handle that and that make no mistake about it I mean I mean you've had experience playing in this game I get it it's at a lower level but you played for a high level high school football program I mean there's a lot of pressure from the outside when you got eyes on you, you got people talking they know who your name is they know what you've been doing on the field. They know whether you're good or bad or not. I think that definitely does get to the players, especially ours. Oh, it definitely does. I, I go back to my junior year, and we were ranked. So Charlotte area does the Sweet 16, the top 16 teams in the area, and we we started out ranked. It was like the second time we had ever started out ranked and uh, dropped the first two games. Yep. Got that, that really went to our head. And um, the next year we did not start out ranked and played a lot better. We we got our way into the rankings later in the season, but by then we were confident in ourselves and everything. So I definitely think you are 100% right. It can go to your head, and when you're not used to it, yeah. like you said, who knows? These kids are definitely, it's the first time at their collegiate level it's ever happened to them. We don't know 
you know, each player went to a different level high school. Yeah, they were a stud, but they may have not grown up in an area where you actually get publicity. You know, if you don't grow up in a big city, you don't have the publicity um, around you, you know, in a small town. So you don't have the media talking about you. This is the first time they've had to deal with that. So like you said, we, they got to respond well because that is how you build a winning program. And I think what I'm looking for more, more so than anything in this game, obviously I want to win. But if they do not win, the only chance I could see them getting to like a bowl game is if I see some kind of match, maturation there, some maturity there. I can tell that maybe the coaching staff matured in terms of they're making second-half adjustments. There's still a lot of questions when it comes to that. I think they did make them in the last game against Tulane, but our first two previous wins before that, not a lot of second-half adjustments. Think back to that Charleston Southern game. We let Charleston Southern get right back into that game. It came down to the final drive. So, I mean, I, I definitely want to see some maturation when it comes from the coaching staff. I want to see second-half adjustments. And if I do see all that and they keep it somewhat close and they play a good game, I could definitely see it being a bowl season. But I, I got to see that first. I got to see this team mature. I got to see it from Holton. I got to see it from the coaching staff. I need to see it from the team as a whole. You know, on a live radio show, anything can happen. We have a surprise appearance from Derek Alcorn. D-Rock. He's here. He just D-Rock. walked in. D-Rock is here. <laughs> yeah, that's what we get, D-Rock. Now D-Rock you make says a hi to the known. people yeah. here in the last minute of the show. <laughs> D-Rock is ready. Better late than never. Better late than never. We'll hear from him next week when me and Philip fill in. Um, P-Man will be out for the week. He's got other obligations to attend to. But it'll be me and the ref, Philip Pilkington, and D-Rock filling in all week. We'll talk about ECU. We'll talk about the Panthers. Maybe the Washington football team. Who knows? Everything's on the table. Maybe even take your call. That's all coming your way next week here on the Patrick Johnson Show. But before next week, don't forget to tune in tomorrow to the Bush Light pregame show, 3 o'clock. ECU's on Terrence Copper and Patrick Johnson. Have a good weekend, everybody. Go Pirates. October is here, and that means the holiday season and cooler weather are right around the corner. But it also means the new crop of peanuts is being harvested. So if you are looking for great North Carolina peanut snacks, look no further than Bertie County Peanuts. Small batch, hand-cooked, and 100% guaranteed. You can't go wrong with their gourmet peanuts. Now with free shipping. Shop online at BertieCountyPeanuts.net or drop by and see them in Windsor at Powell & Stokes. Bertie County Peanuts, a North Carolina tradition. Hey, I want-